Two great journeys. If you can do them anymore. In 1958, more people still crossed the Atlantic by ship than by air. And what a romantic adventure it was. Leaving Liverpool on the Canadian Pacific liner Empress of France. Steaming out into the Irish Sea and almost immediately hitting a storm and being confined to cabin for 24 hours. Feeling distinctly rocky, the delayed adventure began. Companions at the dinner table were delightful, interesting. I remember one was the harpist from the Hawaii State Orchestra. Another was a businessman from Chicago. A third, a pilot. Still not traveling the most popular way from Britain to the United States. The food was incredible, the service remarkable, the entertainment wonderful, the interaction between the guests, the passengers on the liner, never to be forgotten. It was an extraordinary experience. Even so, with drink in hand, you looked out onto the grey Atlantic as it, the Empress of France, ploughed its way, heading towards Montreal, with its full passenger list, ready to go their different ways in Canada. As we neared land, after looking at acres and acres of water, excitement. First of all, the Aurora Borealis, the first time I'd seen them, and for many, something that they've only read about or seen pictures of, never seen them as they light up the northern skies. And often they reflected off the icebergs. Those beautiful but terrible denizens of the Atlantic that helped sink the Titanic and sent it to the bottom of the ocean. We avoided them and arrived unharmed at the mouth of the St. Lawrence and began sailing down this mighty river, first of all towards Quebec City, 
to the left, the United States, to the right, Canada. Looking at the difference in the communities that scattered the banks as we glided silently, beautifully, placidly down this magnificent river. Communities mostly identifiable because of aluminium churches, their spires reflecting the late afternoon sun as we slid down this mighty passageway to the name city of Quebec. And so we arrived and it was midnight. And my new friends, my dining companions, all agreed that as the ship stayed there for several hours, we'd walk along from the docks into the city. It was the first and only time that I ever went to Quebec City. Visited Quebec several times, the province but Quebec City never again. And at night, there was the very French way of ladies sitting arms akimbo in the doorway of probably their home, which they'd turned into boarding houses but guarding who went in and who came out. And with the grim, determined look that they had, and some of them with arms that would do justice to a professional wrestler, who would say them nay? But it was dark and we just got the feel that here was a truly French city, misplaced in the heart of Canada. And so back to the ship on the last night aboard before it arrived the next day in Montreal. Not the biggest, but certainly one of the most exciting of Canada's cities. Multilingual, multicultural, predominantly French, mysterious. On this occasion, not too much time. Not too much time to savor Montreal because from ship to train was but a short journey and the train 
just to take me right across the continent of North America, across the country of Canada, was ready and coordinated with the, with the ship to pull out and start its long five-day journey. The ships don't glide down the St. Lawrence quite the way they did. If they do, they're cruise ships. Very rarely, just the commercial vessel now, ply from the United Kingdom to the heart of Canada, down the St. Lawrence. And so, without realizing it, because this was the last year that more people traveled by ship than by air between the two continents. And I was privileged to have experienced it and to savor it and to remember it all these years later. Next, going across Canada by train. Yes, you can still do it, but it's very rare. Toodle pip.